Hello, welcome to Where Do We Begin? I'm former Melbourne Victory player, I'm Guy Finkler, I'm speaking from Brazil, we had a good conversation about my career, how I ended up playing in Australia, my time in Melbourne Victory also, so feel welcome to, to, to listen our conversation. Thank you very much. Thanks for that, Guy, and hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Where Do We Begin? My name is Harper. My co-host is Lockie, but Lockie's not here. It's a bit weird, it's a bit sad, if I'm honest. Uh, usually Lockie's on my computer screen on Zoom. We do the intro outro together, we ping off each other like that. You know, you guys have heard the show before, it's really good, really fun. But at the moment, we've got boring old me, just me in the studio, staring at my computer screen all by myself. Uh, and anyway, we probably should push on. Uh, I interviewed Gay Finkel last week by myself again, just me and Gay having the time of our lives. He's a great guy. Uh, he introduced himself at the start of the show, of course. Melbourne victory legend, legend of the biggest football club in Australia, not wanting to offend any uh, potential Sydney F... Uh, actually, fully wanting to offend any Sydney FC fans out there. Of course, I'm just joking, guys. Uh, but anyway, um, I was a big fan of Guy. Yeah, he was probably an idol of mine. We get onto it in the show, but he was an absolute idol of mine when I was a bit of a weed tacker uh, going to Victory Games, Amy Park. Uh, yeah, it was great. But uh, talk a bit about the show... Guy Finkler, of course, amazing victory career. We speak about that, of course. That probably takes up uh, the majority of the show, but we talk about his really interesting time in Brazil, of course. He's living in Brazil now. Spent most of his life in Brazil. He's a Brazilian, uh, if you haven't realised that yet. Uh, Yeah, he he had a really interesting career in Brazil. Uh, Trips to Europe as well. Played for a team that's now in the Premier League. He was at the club, uh, which was really interesting, but I'm waffling on a bit here. Uh, Probably should get into the show. I really hope you enjoy it. I did myself. So, yeah. Um, enjoy, guys. So, uh, as we mentioned before, Lockie's not on the show, and that's not the only reason that this episode is a different one because also our guest comes to us from Brazil, and I've got to say, uh, everyone playing football uh, in primary school back in the day, uh, everyone had that player that they pretended to be out in the schoolyard. Some people were Lionel Messi, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, whoever it may be, but me being the massive victory fan I was, massive Melbourne victory fan I was, I pretended to be Guy Finkler out in the schoolyard and I am delighted to say and super excited to say that we have that exact man on the show today. So welcome to the show, Guy Finkler. Oh, thank you very much. It's uh, very nice to hear that, you know, <laughs> we never we never know who who wants to be and uh, it's it's nice to hear that uh, it means it means a lot, you know, even though I know uh, I I I wasn't a, the the biggest biggest player, but uh, it's it's pretty pretty pleasure to to hear that. Oh yeah, no, it's a, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Like I said before, because you were an absolute idol of mine when you were at Melbourne Victory. But uh, of course, you're not in Melbourne anymore. You're in Brazil. So tell us what's life been like in the past uh, three or four years, or however long you've been back there for. Yeah, as soon as I moved back from, from, from Wellington, I came back to Brazil and uh yeah, it's been good, you know, it's been it's been 
spending a lot of time spending with family and friends that uh I spent six nearly six years in in Australia and, and, and New Zealand also. So it's been good. Apart from from the time we're living right now, now this pandemic situation, it's been it's been really tough, you know, not seeing everyone, not doing whatever you want to do. So it's it's been it's been tough, I think, for, for everyone around the world. And uh but apart from that, it's been it's been good, you know. It's uh I had a great time in Australia, and you know, now it's back in Brazil. And uh, like I always said in any interview I do, we never know if I would go back to Australia or not. You know, it's it's my second home. I feel home in Melbourne, so it's a uh, it's a special time. I, I I've been through there, and uh, it's been it's been good now being back in Brazil also. Yeah, well, I can say that hundreds or thousands even of Melbourne Victory fans and Wellington fans even would love to have you back in Australia, New Zealand, wherever it may be, because uh, you're a legend to us, mate. But uh, I believe Cassius de Sul, we were talking about, uh, forgive my pronunciation if I stuffed it up there. But no, that's Ca- good. It's been, it's been very good. <laughs> Cassius de Sul, uh, that's where you're at the moment. And it's a bit of a mountainous area, I believe. People have this kind of vision of Brazil being all the beaches and stuff, I guess, like other people have of Australia. But it's not really like that, is it, where you are? No, where I live, it's uh, it's nearly a thousand, thousand meters from, from the sea. So it's... Uh, the weather here it's it's more likely melbourne you know we're hitting the autumn here and the, the temperature is going down already you know we don't we don't hit more 28 29 or 30 degrees it's nearly max maybe 22 23 and that's it you know and and from now on we're gonna go low and low you know <laughs> it's 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 not the way i like it but uh you know it's 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 the way it is you know so yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a nice city, you know. It's uh, where I'm born, so I feel I feel I feel like it's it's good here. But uh, you know, having family and friend, it's uh, it's it's good uh, also. Yeah, yeah, it sounds sounds like a great place to be. But uh, I, for one, I'm just, I'll just freely admit I don't really know anything about Brazilian culture, especially Cachoeira do Sul. I probably didn't even know it existed uh until i found out about you but uh can you tell me what life was like as a teenager growing up there i know your dad was a professional footballer so can you tell me what's, what's a typical day in the life of a 14 year old gay finkler like oh look man it's uh i i started when i was five years old playing football so it means my 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 growing up was football and school and that's it you know i had nothing to do any anything apart from that you know i used to play soccer in front of my house on the street my parents house now so we used to set up two goals on the street and i was i was talking about that i think uh two three weeks ago with a friend that used to live there also we we are pretty annoyed when the cars went through our our our, our pitch you know we say well, you should go turn right in the next one. No, not here. You know, <laughs> we are playing football here. So it used to be like that. And it's cool in the morning and soccer after lunch until until gets dark. Until we couldn't see the ball anymore. We still we still, still try to play. So it was pretty much there. We have we have I have a 
10 or 11 friends near the house and everyone loves to play football. So that was it at school and, and football all the time. Mm, yeah, and I believe you didn't pick up actual football for a club uh, until you were about 14. You were playing futsal before then. Oh, I, I actually play that over here in Australia. It's a great sport. Uh, people think it's pretty much the same as football, but it's very different, very technical, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much like same and different at the same time, you know. But uh, I was really... I was really pleased that I, I, I started on football. You know, you, you learn so many skills that, that you couldn't learn on, 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 on the pitch. So it's, it's very different. And uh, I, I tried to, to play both at the same time when I was 12. And to be honest, I didn't like play soccer because I touched the ball maybe three, four times on the game. And, yeah. and futsal, you, you touch the ball every time. So... I said to my dad, I said, look, I don't want to play soccer. I want to play futsal my whole time. And said, he says, look, the future it might be better on soccer, but it's up to you. So then one coach moved to to the soccer. Then I was my futsal coach. And he said, come to me. I'll, I'll help you out to, you know, to learn and everything else. And then I, I did this move. I wasn't happy in the beginning, but then after that, I just love it. And I didn't want to go back futsal anymore and then and then from now on i i play i play soccer then yeah and you were at the academy of uh i forgive the pronunciation again but juventus um in brazil which is one of the like top tier teams so did you feel a bit of pressure being 14 15 year old uh being at the academy of a pretty big club yeah look uh when I was at the academy over there they they were in the first division they spent i think 13 years at that time I was there the whole time in the first division so it was pretty nice to to be there you know as uh there was a pressure like like everywhere else in Brazil but uh, at the same time you could see some big big players playing next to you you know and sometimes when you had lucky you should you could join them for for training and one training session with them it was that was so good you could learn everything you know a lot of stuff like uh being next to them, you know, some some big big players. That was that was good, man. That was a place that every every kid wants to be. So you should feel the pressure, but at the same time, like enjoy yourself. Like I said, for the kids, you know, uh, it's a it's a it's a job, but at the same time, you need to enjoy and you know just feel happy to be there. Yeah, and I think that's something that really came across uh, throughout your whole career at Melbourne Victory, at least, and Wellington, from what I saw of you. But were you always a midfielder growing up right through your career? Yeah, I. I <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing, you know, just I played my whole career as a number 10 and I love that position. I, I think every coach feels like I was the number 10 and then... I, I, I just did the, the, my, my, my whole career. I moved, I moved forward when I played in Lithuania, my last club, because the coach said, I think you, you can play close to the goal. You, you, you can score some goals. I said, okay, that's fair enough. But apart from that, I played as a number 10 my, my whole career. Mm, and because uh, you were always, you, you were quite tall uh, for an attacking midfielder. So that, that, it's a bit kind of, out of the mold of a typical attacking midfield, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it is, you know, but uh, 
you can beat some some tall players like uh, like uh, I was, you know. But uh, yeah, the position just came came along with the coach. I I I the way I used to play when I was in the futsal. He said, "Look, I think you should play here." And he was he was guiding me all the way, like uh, until I found I found my 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 own position, and that was the one that he showed me in the first day. Mm, yeah, well, you clearly had a lot of success uh, throughout your career, winning all the trophies you did in the A League, uh, playing that position. So it's good that you kind of stuck with it. Um, but something that I'm really interested in, I know in Australia in the A League, you probably fully aware of this as well. There's a bit of an opinion in Australian culture and amongst the population that uh, the Australian League is not really worth watching because it doesn't have the big players like the Premier League or La Liga or the Bundesliga. So why, why would we watch that crap? Is it similar in Brazil? Because I know pretty much all the best players go to Europe uh, when they reach their level required to go to Europe. So is there a is there a big opinion amongst the Brazilian people? Uh, that the league isn't really good enough? Uh, not really, man. I, okay. I think Brazil is a bit different, you know. If if you, if you talk to my dad, he he doesn't even know that the Champions League is on. You know, mm. he just loved to to watch to watch Brazilian soccer. You know, mm. but that it's it's one, one person, you know. But to be honest, uh, a lot of people like to to watch Brazilian league, you know. But uh, uh, I wouldn't say they won't watch the other leagues because I do also. I, I like to watch other leagues, you know, some 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 good players. But to be honest, at the moment in Brazil, we have some some big names, you know. They they went, they moved to Europe. They didn't do well. They come back and they feel like home here, and they they just love to to be. To be in Brazil, you know, some some players don't don't get used to to live overseas. You know, I I know a lot of friends that move to Asia, to to Europe or to Middle East, and they said, I don't feel like um, I'm good here. You know, so they they come back. But uh, you know, Australia the the league is growing. I, what I can say since I moved there, the league grow so much. You know, from from first year. The way we are right now, I think the league improve a lot. You know, in 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 all the aspects. You know, like the players, the way they play, the the competitive. It's it's really good. You know, you can see Central Coast now is leading is leading the the, the the league this year, and it. You know, now I'm I'm not playing anymore, so I think it's good for the league. You know, like uh, when I was there, there was only like two three clubs could league the the top. And this year, Central Coast is doing is doing pretty well. Yeah, it's great. And unfortunately for us, Melbourne Victory not doing too well. But it yeah. is good to see any team can uh, beat anyone really. And yeah. like the tables pretty much flipped from uh, what you usually expect. But uh, talking about those European leagues compared to the Brazilian leagues, of course, you uh, growing up playing for your local team at the academy and few games in the uh, seniors as well in the first team. Did you have aspirations to move to Europe uh, after a few years in the Brazilian league? Uh, like when you'd hit your best, did you want to go to Europe? Yeah. And yes, yeah. yes. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you. You know, I think 
every kid here wants to 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 move to Europe. You know, they they see the those leagues, Champions League. You know, everyone is. I think the dream is to play a Champions League. You know, I think uh, it's a it's a championship that. Uh, the kids dream of and uh i wasn't different you know just like doing well here i moved to europe and you know play play for those big clubs that the leagues you, you mentioned before you know that was that was a dream like for for all the kids that when i was playing the in the academy yeah yeah and uh after a while you you did get a move to europe uh i read an article on this recently but I might have the name wrong here, Paul Berry. You did an interview with him fairly yeah. recently. Uh, you were at Wolves for a bit. Uh, Wolverhampton, of course, Premier League team now. They were a championship team back then. So how did that come about? Yeah, look, that was a funny story. I, I, if, if you read the interview, they, they, they'll see what happened, how, how I ended up at Wolves. You know, there was something just came to me and I, I didn't say, I couldn't say no, no. For, even though it was a trial, but I was in, in pretty good form at the moment. So I went there and that, that was a, a very good experience for me. Like being in Europe, first time, there was a lot of information. I didn't speak any English. Like I couldn't go to the supermarket to buy anything. I need help for everything. So that was, I was good on the pitch, but that was it. Like I couldn't communicate with anyone that was like a struggling time for me but at the same time that was a good learning curve for me also so I didn't I didn't end up doing finish the way I want to at Wolves but uh, I still I still think that was a, was a good learning for, for me even though I didn't didn't play over there yeah and like like you said speaking no English first time going overseas to play football uh, that's just Crazy, and I, I don't know how I would keep sane doing that. Like you must have felt pretty alone at some stages, I'm guessing. So, how, how did you yourself keep sane and kind of, yeah, not go crazy? Yeah, it just it's a it's a dream you 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 want to, and you just follow me. You know, just you you forget about all, all the other stuff, how hard it's gonna be, and you just go for it. it that's that's how I did. You know, it was a dream coming through to go to Europe, to play in Europe. So I didn't even realize how difficult it would be, but uh, I just did, you know. There was a timing I wanted to, to come back to Brazil. Yeah, there was, but I, I keep saying to myself, that's your dream. You just keep going, trying, trying, you know, working hard, try to learn English. But uh, yeah, apart from that, it was, was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Wolves have got a massive Brazilian and Portuguese speaking contingent yeah. uh, in their squad now. And you you were the first Brazilian signing ever for yeah. Wolves, so that, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Even though you didn't get on the path for the senior team, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was good. You know, we, we had some some big names playing with, with us at that time also. So that was like like I said, you know, I tried to to learn every training session, and used to say for us every time you come here to the training ground you need to learn at least 0.001% that was good you know you 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 need to learn something the language the way you touch the ball whatever you you need to learn and 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 I was trying to do that all the time you know and uh 
Uh, about the English, I, I have a friend here in, in here in, in London that I met when I played Wolves. And you guys have the main language English he speaks. It's it I, I wonder I wouldn't say it's easy, but wherever you go, people try to speak English. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I I I speak Portuguese. Wherever I go, nobody wants to speak speaks Portuguese. So it's uh so it's 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 different, you know, for us. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's. I'm so lucky that oh, I live in a country where the English is the first language because, like you said, wherever you go, people just see you and they just start speaking English. You don't even get a chance to speak the local, try to speak the local language. They just start speaking to you English. It's very lucky. But what I'm interested in, the championship, of course, level below the Premier League for those who don't know, not too familiar with it. But what was the level like compared to the Brazilian top tier? Ah, oh, look, the championship when, when I was there was very competitive. Just the style they play is very different from Brazil. Very, mm. very different, you know. Just when I was there, just like mostly I, I that I remember was long balls, you know. Like you play the long ball, you fight for the second one and, and then start the game. And Brazil is very different, you know. Here is more like technique, you know. The game is slower here. Over there, everyone is really, really fast, you know. So that's my style in the championship. I would say you, it, it's hard to fit in, you know, just the way I play. I'm, I'm not like fast player. So it, 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 was, it was hard for me in, in this side also, you know, just my style didn't really, really fit the, the way the championship play. So it's, mm. it's just long balls like, try to fight for the second one and, and just keep going like that. So it's a very different style from, from Brazil. But the level, it's it's pretty good, to be honest. The players, the competitive of the, the, the teams is, is, is very good. Mm, and Mick McCarthy's 4-4-2, that doesn't really suit an attacking number 10 like yeah. you, does it? It's, must be, <laughs> it must be pretty frustrating kind of uh, trying to break into the side where there isn't really a position that you're suited to. Yeah, yeah. So when, when he came in, I, I, I play a few friendly matches like uh, he used to play 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. So okay. that, that would be me like behind the striker. Yeah. But to be honest, the way he played, that play, the ball didn't even come close to me. You know, that was just wide and crossing for the two big striker to 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 fight for the ball. And to be honest, that's not my style. You 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 probably know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that that um you did go on loan there after the trial, but got cut short in January. Uh, and you went over to Belgium. Uh, you you play got a senior game there, I believe. But what what was that like? It was in the first division in Belgium, but what was that like adapting to a different country again, just within six months of adapting to the first one? Yeah, to be honest, I, I decided to move at that the window because I wasn't playing wolves and I was very young, you know, like uh, not much experience, and I I just want to play, you know. I, I was sick of just training, 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 and not, not playing games. So I, I decided to, to move, and uh, Wolves, Wolves said, no, nah, if you want to move, no problem. If you want to stay, no problem also. <clears throat> and I, I decided to move at that time, you know. I got injury in Belgium, so 
like in in the halfway so that was a bit hard for mm -hmm. me like i didn't have much much minutes on on the pitch but uh again you know i play with one player that's one of the biggest players play for chelsea you you probably know him dembaba oh wow that yeah cool. he was he was there when i was playing and when i came from england i remember like today he said look my my dream is to play in the english football you know and look i think everyone knows his story you know <laughs> big name for chelsea and i think he's in china now is he yeah he might be i haven't really kept track of demba bar's career are you still in touch with demba no, not really, not really. Yeah, once yeah, okay. I I moved back to to Belgium, I to be honest, I don't get in touch with anyone in in Belgium from mm. from there. Yeah, and you're only there for what like four or five months, so not there for too long at all, were you? But yeah, yeah. after come you went back to Brazil, and there was, there was a bit of a period of instability. I feel just looking over your kind of club history, you're at nine clubs between 2007 and 2012. That's got to be pretty frustrating, kind of just moving constantly and not really being able to set yourself really into a particular club, just moving all the time. Yeah, look, uh, that's the culture of Brazil. You know, if you mm. if you if you type in a transfer market, some some players in Brazil, you're more likely gonna find players like that. You know, like moving one or two clubs a year. I know it's pretty pretty bad. Like when I moved to Australia. I, I heard some comments that oh, he moved to many, many clubs in Brazil. How's going to be here, you know? But uh, sometimes one coach moved to one club. He brings you, he, he doesn't do well. He, he gets sacked and comes another coach. He brings another players and you are not in the plans anymore. So it's, it's culture of Brazil, which different from everywhere else in, in the world, you know? <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, if you don't do well one or two games in Brazil, in the third game, they expecting something is going to happen, you know. So that's why a lot of move in Brazil for the players. I don't feel it's, it's, it's right doing that, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. You know, you, you can't do much. Sometimes the players are not happy. Sometimes the clubs are not happy and, and that's mm. it, you know. And that has to be really stressful, I'm guessing, because you have to impress in your first two or three games or else yeah. you're gone. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's that's a mentality. You, you're going to, every time you move, if you don't do well one or two games, you sit on the bench. Next time, probably you won't be in the squad. And the next step is just moving again, you know. So you, you cannot settle down too much. You know, sometimes you just go... You rent your apartment, your house, whatever, and the next day you you moving again. So it's 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 tough life in Brazil for for I'd say most most of the players. Apart from first division, second division, and third fourth, it's it's like there most of them is is changing a bit. I mean, it's the clubs is they have more patience right now because they know it's it's not the right thing to do. But uh, it's still a lot of moves from, from the players in Brazil. Mm, yeah, that, that's really interesting because, like you said, it's not really like that in any other country. But uh, just in 2012, you were in another country, again, 12,400 kilometers away from Cassius de Sul, other side of the world, yeah. Melbourne victory. And that, like, that's uh, 
people probably considered a bit of a weird signing at the time. This guy who was, like you said, going between all these different clubs in Brazil, uh, yeah. not the biggest name in the world by any stretch of the imagination. Well, how did the move come about? Yeah, look, I, uh, I'll tell you a short story about it. Uh, in 2008, one player that played in Adelaide, Fernando, a striker, I played with him here and he was his last club. After that, he retired. And he he got me a contract with Gold Coast at that time. Yeah, so so I said, look, okay, I, I go. No, I spoke with him. I asked a lot of questions about the league, about everything else. And I said, okay, I, I'll go. And I think that year they, they, they closed down, huh? Yeah, they folded, yeah. Yeah, so there, I, to be honest, I didn't know what really happened. He said, look to me, he said, Gee, the contract is off the table, the club doesn't exist anymore, whatever, whatever. And I, that was uh, confusing. I said, okay, one club was there, the contract was on the table, and I was off the table, the club's not there anymore. <laughs> that was confusing. And I said, okay, fair enough. And then after that, he came to, to me with the offer from from victory and i i talk a bit i i fall a bit but i decide to move i said look it's a big move but uh, i think it's gonna be good for 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 me for my family and i'm i i'm so happy i i made that decision at that day yeah and the a-league in terms of the kind of global footballing landscape it's probably a bit hidden away. No one really knows too much about it overseas. Uh, so what what are your expectations coming into uh, Melbourne victory in 2012? Uh, like, oh, I don't know if you knew anything about the fans at the time or the rest of the clubs, Gold Coast, of course, not existing. They're not a club anymore. So what were your expectations? Oh, look, I think when I when we, we moved to, to Australia, my expectation was to to stay there for as long as I can, you know, like to try to to do my best to to show that uh, my my CV wasn't wasn't the way it shows, you know, like moving clubs around wasn't because of me sometimes. So I remember the first year, someone wrote in the newspaper the weakness, the strong, the strength, and the weakness of the club was me because I was moving clubs to clubs every year. So picking up this foreigner, the club, I think, was the wrong decision, you know. And I said, look, I think I need to show that they, they are wrong, you know. So yeah. there was there was some some small stuff that I still remember from, from day one. And I think I I worked pretty hard to do it, to 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 show that I I was worthwhile to 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 make the the, the decision. Yeah, and I know in that interview we were talking about before uh, that you, you said that your experiences at Wolves, uh, it probably didn't go as well as you planned, but they really helped you uh, in the future for your career. So how did you kind of use those experiences for, uh, at Wolves and even, even at Brazil? Uh, how did you use those to your advantage uh, adapting to this new climate, new lifestyle in Melbourne and at Melbourne Victory? Oh, look, I think moving around you – it's not great, but you learn a lot of stuff, you know, like uh, language, culture from, from everywhere. And if you move around Brazil here, you see the culture change in every state, you know. So 
that's something I try to to pick the best the best thing from 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 any place any club that I went to, and when I moved to Australia, that was that wasn't different, you know. So I went there. I, I had a a lot of a lot of a lot of experience moving around, and I think it helped me when I when I was there, even though I didn't know about much about the the city, the league, or or, or everything else, but. Uh, I tried to adapt as quick as I I could, like to 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 show my 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 football. Yeah, I know lots of people have this image of Australia in their head. It's thirty five degrees, sunny weather, beaches every day. Was that what you thought Melbourne was going to be like? Because I know it's the weather's probably pretty disappointing. Not great beaches. Were you a bit disappointed by that? No, really. I just you know I just to be honest, I think I set up very very quickly in Melbourne. You know, it's a it's a great city. It's yeah. not it's not easy to get. To get so many years, the best city in the world to live. So that was pretty easy for me to adapt. To be honest, the club, the league, and uh, the players were there. The moment they 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 really helped me to 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 adapt very very quickly. Mm, do, do you know how the club found you? Because uh, coming from like like you said, the CV kind of all around Brazil. Uh, not yeah, like I said before, not the most famous player in the world. How, how did they come to find you? Did they send scouts out to Brazil or? No, I think they didn't. You know, just in these days, you have so many stuff like you can can look at it. You know, the the videos, the game you play. Yeah. You know, the the mistakes you made, the goals you score with left foot, right foot, whatever. So it's very it's very easy to 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 get information about players in these days you know i think it back then wasn't wasn't much difference you know and fernando played the league so i think he knew a few 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 people in back in australia they trust him you know so that's the way i i end up in in victory and i think he'll try to 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 take me to to australia since back in, in 2008 so i think it's been not just one year working, maybe like for four years he was working to to get me to to Australia. Yeah, did did the club set set you up with a nice little place in the city, nice little apartment, or did you kind of have to work that all out for yourself? Yeah, look, that was that was something different, you know. Like in Brazil, you go there, there is one guy that you're gonna you're gonna set up everything for you, like apartment, car, whatever. And Australia, when I when I move, there was everything by by me and my my wife you know <laughs> that was we were running around auctions like to to see the apartments you know to see the place and then apply for it and then see if they choose you so it's <laughs> it's very complicated you know here in brazil go see your apartment if you like it that's that's yours you know <laughs> in, in melbourne it's uh it's a fight for everything yeah yeah exactly where did you end up living in your time here the first time I was living was in East Melbourne, like okay. very, very close to 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 the stadium, to to MCG also. Yeah. And then I moved to Docklands, and after that I moved to Elsternwick. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, nice areas you've got yourself amongst there. And MCG, did, were you a big fan of AFL in your time? Did you try to work out Aussie rules <laughs> at all? Uh, to be honest, I didn't know anything about AFL when I moved to, to Australia. You know, I... <laughs> I did. I did watch a few games in the stadium, like to see the atmosphere. It was very different from from football. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I was I was more like in the rugby stuff than 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 the AFL. To be honest, I used to go to Storms game like yeah. when I could, when I was playing in Emmy Park, and I had a chance. I always go to to watch the those games. Yeah, yeah, it's good uh, having this great sporting landscape here in uh, Melbourne. But you you got off to an absolute flying start. It's, I think it's fair to say uh, eight assists uh, in your first. Like maybe eleven or twelve games, I think it was uh, in your first season at the club, just absolutely smashing it, leading assists uh, in the in the whole league. But then against Western Sydney, you do your ACL, and that that's just got to be so frustrating. You've come all this way, and you're out for twelve months. So and yeah, so what's how, how do you deal with that? The frustration. I know you stayed in Australia. The club offered uh, you the chance to go back to Brazil, but you stayed in Australia. So what what are the thoughts behind that? Yeah, look, it comes like a, a, a move in your hand, you know. Just uh, I did my ACL in 2010 in Brazil also, and then I did the other one in 2013, uh, first first of January. So that was that was a tough time, you know. That was me and my wife only in Melbourne, and um, we we thought moving back to Brazil to do the surgery and everything in, in here. But uh, I think the club, the club offered me everything to stay there to, you know, and the way I, I was doing in the league, you know, the club really helped me to get through it, everything. And I think after the surgery, I told the, the physio and the coach and everyone, I said, look, I'll be ready for the game one in the next season. And said, ah, you might be or not. I said, look, I'll be, I'll be ready for 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 game one. If you wanna pick me or not, I don't know, but I'll be ready. And I think the next season I was the only player that played every single game mm. off the bench, and 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 after that I was starting the games, and so that was like a, a very bad news in the first of January, and after that there was just like my head really strong to to get back on the pitch as soon as I could and to be ready for for game one. That was my goal from, from 2nd of January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you were starting uh, most games on the bench, coming on as a sub at the start of that new season before kind of working your way back into the first team. But one of those games where you came on as a sub, I'm sure you've got some fond memories. I'm going to share a little clip uh, of a particular game with you right now. Uh, I want you to talk me through your memories of this game after I show you this clip. Difficult angle to try and pick out a teammate, isn't it? Well, Finkler go direct. Looking at his teammate's far post. Finkler drives it. And just for some context for people who don't know, that was against uh, Western Sydney, the high-flying Western Sydney at the time. Uh, one nil down, Melbourne victory at Amy Park, 93rd minute, three minutes of injury time. And Guy Finkler puts a free kick right in the top left corner. But Guy, what are your memories of it, man? Yeah, look, that was another game I came off the bench. And, uh, you know, I had a... If I'm not wrong, I, I got a free kick, you know. like, And after that, I just... I just felt like I should try, and I was <laughs> I was happy to 
to score, you know, like uh, that was a that was a, another movie coming to my head after scoring, you know, like everything I've been through and and being on the pitch, scoring some goals, and that was that was really pleased to 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 be to be wearing boots again and then running around. So that was that was pretty pretty happy, pretty happy days for me. Yeah, that that uh, game and that that goal, it was just that's an amazing memory for me personally. I bet for you as well. I remember uh, I was at the game with my dad. I was probably what ten years old, I think, and uh, I it was the ninety third minute, last kick of the game. I looked across to my dad and I was a bit pessimistic. I said to my dad, "He's going to sky this. There's no way he's scoring." And then mm. five seconds later, Guy Finkler, top left corner, back of the net. The crowd goes crazy. That was just, it was awesome, that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's us. I think that's the, my, 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 my famous goal in Australia. You know? <laughs> so it's a, it's a very nice goal. And the way it is, you know, last minute, home time, home, home pitch, you know, at Amy Park, special, special stadium for me also. So it's, it's very nice. And one thing I, I, I do remember was the first game of this season. I was Ainge still the coach, and after that he moved to to the Socceroos. Uh, our first game was the derby at uh, Eddie Head Stadium. I don't yeah. know if you call that anymore. They changed the name, man. Yeah? Marvel, yeah, it's Marvel Stadium, Stadium now. now. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so that was there, and uh, the last sub that was me. Like I was like maybe I don't know seven eight minutes to go, and uh, everyone in the stadium that was like stand up and and claps like like. For me, that was coming back from injury. So that was like a memory that is very, very special. Like, I don't know if I touched the ball in that game, but even though I was, that was my goal from 2nd of January. And that was like doing that for from, from game one. And that was very special also. Like, I, I, I do say thank you for him because I think I, I, I probably know he, 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 it wouldn't it wouldn't pick me to to put in the game but uh he knew it was very special for me and and he did that so I was very thankful for him to doing that uh that was that was really special also can you tell me a bit about uh Ange as a coach you had him for about a year and a half i think and he's known uh throughout australia as one of the greatest australian sporting coaches ever and the greatest australian footballing coach ever so what was he like for you as a mentor? Oh, look, I think he, like I said at the beginning, you know, I learned, I learned a lot with him, you know, the way, the way they coach was very, very different. You know, he was very, very serious guy. He never smiled anytime on the, on the pitch, you know, so he was, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of respect about him, the way they coach, his mentality was very, very strong. So, you know, that was that was a coach that coach that I I learned a lot like on the pitch, off the pitch, you know, and after that he just he just showed that uh he was good, you know, like being the soccer rules, coming to Brazil in the World Cup in that group they, they play. I think he did very, very well, you know, like play some some against three of the biggest clubs in the world, yeah. uh national teams and and he did well, and you know now he's in biggest club in in Japan also. So yeah, like you said, you know he he is one of the greatest in, in Australia. 
Yeah, and I, w- I want to skip ahead uh, from the Ange thing, uh, from the topic of Ange Postacoglu, the great man, of course, uh, a concept that's been gone from the A-League for a bit now, the A-League All-Stars game. Uh, which uh, I don't know what your memories of are. Uh, your memories of it are. You played against Juventus, some like amazing players like Pogba, Pirlo, Buffon, Tevez, uh, Bonucci, Marquisio, all, all kinds of amazing players in Sydney. That that's got to be a massive privilege and honour to go up against those kind of guys, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, like I said, in Brazil, I play some some with some some big names also. But uh, that game was was very nice, also, you know, to be part of, to play with Del Piero. Also, there was one guy I used to follow when I was a kid, when I was at Juventus, you know, and uh, play with him and against those players. You know, it's there's no no words here to to say. You know, the the names of the player you just you just said. It's uh, it's simple. You know, it's some. Um, Players that play for national teams, they won the World Cup, so it's a, it's always a privilege to be to be involved in their game, you know. Mm, yeah, it would have been absolutely amazing. I, I couldn't even fathom that, and none of our listeners could like play against Juventus. Oh, it's just insane. But uh, the season after the uh, following, sorry, that uh, Ali All Stars game in 2014, of course one of the greatest Melbourne victory teams of all time, if not the greatest Melbourne victory team of all time with players like yourself, Matthew Delpierre, Fahid Ben Kalfala, Bessart Barisha, uh, Costa Barbarissa, I believe, was there that season as well. Was, the whole team yeah. was amazing. What are your memories of that season? Because that was just phenomenal to be a supporter in that season. Yeah, look, uh, like you said, you know, I... I I don't really know the teams before, like uh, player by player, but uh, that season, I reckon, if it's not the greatest, it's one of the greatest teams that Melbourne, Melbourne pick it up. You know, that was some, some, some unbelievable players, you know, like Matthew, like I think for me, he was the best player in the team, you know, like with Carl Valeri, uh, you know, have some some nice nice players. I think uh, it's uh, there was just time to time to get everyone together and just win the league. You know, we we wouldn't say that before because we, we respect everything. But uh, we knew in the change room we have a strong squad. It's, if everyone was in a good day, we knew we could beat anyone in the league. So that was that was a special year, like winning everything. You know, that was just a. Uh, just something really, really special, and that was uh, one of one of the best team I was involved. So that was that was really, really special. We, sh- it's a shame we couldn't we couldn't keep it up, everyone, and at the same level, and and win maybe three or four years in a row. But uh, that was that was a special season for us. Yeah, and victory fans would kill to have just one of those players I mentioned in the team now because we're we're really missing that kind of quality. If we if we had Guy Finkler in his prime on the park, it would be a different story this season. And you were speaking about kind of uh, being the greatest season, of course, and the grand final that three 0 win against Sydney FC uh, at Amy Park, sold out crowd, thirty thousand screaming victory fans there. What was that like walking out onto the pitch and playing in that atmosphere? Oh look, uh, that one I think I picked up the special game of my career. You know, like uh, I remember when we 
quick workout for, for the warm-up. The stadium was full already, you know, everyone's cheering us. And uh, look, before we start the game on the pitch, we, we got together the 11 player. We said, today we there is no way we're going to lose here, you know. So I think from the first second of the game, we just showed that uh, we were there to win in the game. And, you know, the result, to be honest, it didn't... It didn't didn't make me feel like a oh, three new our team our mentality at that game was just just crazy you know we could we could play whole day the whole week we still like beating us beating them every day you know so that was a special game especially playing Emmy Park I think everyone's happy with that and um, you know especially the crowd the the atmosphere was was incredible that was incredible and that's. Uh, being at that game, it's uh, I just feel so lucky to have been in that game because the A League is completely different now. You don't get atmospheres like that, and <laughs> it was just one of the most, probably the most amazing sporting event atmosphere-wise I've ever been to. Was it the best atmosphere you've ever played in? Did anything Brazil in Brazil top that or come close to it even? Yeah, look, it comes comes really close, you know, like with some 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 games I play here, but. Uh, you know the way every park is, the way it's set up with the balls around, it keeps you the the, the the noise inside the pitch. So it's it's very special play there, you know. And and being that game with full stadium was that was that was really really special. Like and winning winning the trophy also, so it makes <laughs> it makes everything special. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I think if there's a word that sums up your victory career, it's special, really, and. I guess all, all good things come to an end and uh, that special victory career, uh, the season after that was your final one and there were some rumours flying around about the reasons behind you leaving the club. I, I want to get the truth behind it from the man himself. Why did you leave the club after uh, the, all those amazing seasons? Yeah, look, there was a lot of rumour that I was leaving and to be honest, at that time there was the rumour I had nothing nothing like from victory or from a, from any other club in, in, in Australia, you know, so that was, and then those rumors just made the opinions of uh, a lot of people, you know, I remember I played one game in Amy Park and that was maybe our last chance to win the game. I shoot, I got a shot from outside the box and I missed the goal. And a lot of people will say, oh, he doesn't want to score anymore. I said, how, how am I a player? I don't want to score a goal. Like for the team that I, I played for maybe for three and a half years. So that was something is, it really make me sad, you know, like everything I, I did for the club, for, for everyone. And some people saying saying that, but, uh, and then, and then after that victory didn't, didn't offer me like to stay anymore. And, and came this offer from, from, from Wellington, and uh, I said, look, I, 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 I want to continue playing the A-League. I like the, the A-League. And so we, we decided to move. But I have I had nothing with the club, nothing with the supporters, nothing. It just the offer came to me. Victory didn't, didn't offer me to stay. And, and then I moved, you know. Simple as that. Mm. You, you, weren't, you weren't at Wellington too long, but... Did you enjoy your time there? But it probably didn't compare to victory in terms of atmospheres and the 
quality of the team. Uh, yeah. They weren't one of the best teams in the league, but how did you uh, enjoy your time there? Yeah, look, I think Wellington wasn't wasn't the greatest for me as a as a as a footballer. We had the the earthquake like big when I was there. My wife was pregnant at that time, so he she moved back to Brazil. I was by myself. You know, I was like a a very very t- tumbling season. Yeah, uh, can I use that word now? Like uh, up and down in the season, like uh, play some uh, yeah, good oh, games, tops, you know, topsy turvy kind of, yeah, yeah. So, so that wasn't wasn't the greatest for me, you know. So, <clears throat> and then and then came up another coach from, I don't know where 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 is he from, and he came with a mentality that was he was coaching Europe, you know, and he was coaching in the A League. So then we we me and him didn't didn't settle pretty down pretty good at that time, and then once he had a chance to 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 suck me, he did. I wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. So me and the club decided said, okay, we we're not happy between us. I think we it's time to move. So then I I came back to 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 Brazil at that time. Mm, that that must be pretty. Disappointing to end on a bit of a sour note. Your, your time in the A League, uh, uh, it was a bit of a controversial ending. If people remember your last game, and that's got to be pretty disappointing for you. Uh, looking back, I don't know if you have any regrets on it about it. I uh, obviously I, I do. You know, just I didn't want to leave the league like I did, but uh, you know what I did at victory, no one is gonna gonna race. You know what I did. Everyone knows my. The, the way I am on and off the pitch, so a victory. So what I did wasn't wasn't myself. Was the coach making me doing that? So, and I think one one month later he 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 was gone also. So that was something I I, I should have stayed a little bit longer because I knew he's gonna go the way he did wasn't wasn't the greatest. But uh, yeah, look, wasn't the way I want to leave the league. But uh, like I said, what I did a victory, it's there forever. Yeah. Did Did you know that that was going to be your last club and your last season in the league, or did you expect other clubs to come in for you at all? Oh, look. Uh, at that time, my mentality was to to come back to Brazil. You know, I was five and a half years. I was away from home, and then Juventude here, my hometown, offered me offered me a contract. At that main time, so I said, "Look, I think it's it's time to go back, stay home for a bit, and maybe after that I'll come back or not." So, yeah, that was everything happens at the same time. You know, I was leaving the club. The president of the club knew me here that I was leaving, so he talked to me. I said, "Look, I think it's really time to to go back now." You know, I had a, a baby. You know, so that was that was another thing that was wasn't easy for us. And uh, yeah, so that's everything happens at the same time. Yeah, and you stayed in football, and it sounds like you've uh, got got a pretty good life for yourself at the moment. I can hear your kids in the background there. Uh, yeah. you, you're still, <laughs> you're still uh, a kind of. I think you're a mentor for young players in Brazil. That's what you do for a living now, is it? <clears throat> yeah, look, I think uh, I, I do. I do try to to help the the young kids, and um, I'm I'm getting involved 
more and more with football. I try to get away for a bit, but uh, just football just chasing me, you know. So, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of like um, try to get the young kids like to help them with the decisions made in their career, about clubs, transfer, try to help. I know a lot of people around the world, you know, to to get contact with clubs. So I'm I'm kind of agent in um, what I'd say in a, in, a, in 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 a different way, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm not there just just to find club, but I'm there to to help them to make decisions off the pitch, uh, either clubs, city, money, you know, everything. So I've been through there. I made some good decision in my life i made some bad decisions so uh, i pretty much i learned learn from that and uh that's something i'm i'm trying to the football gave to me i'm trying to give back to the football so that's something i i'm studying and uh that's one one time when this pandemic stuff finish i want to go back to melbourne to to find those kids like you know like to 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 help them yeah and like I said at the start, you, you're very much welcome here in Melbourne. All the Melbourne Victory fans love you and maybe you can even play a futsal game for us like you did back in the day in Brazil because <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. And a question that we always ask on this show uh, when we're coming close to the end uh, is if our guest has a life philosophy. So, uh, Guy, have you got a life philosophy, any quotes or sayings that you kind of uh, let guide your decisions in life? Uh, I don't know. I just uh, I try to to live as good as I can. Like I don't know if I'm gonna answer your question, but you let me know after. Uh, <clears throat> when I was at Victory, I had a chance to go to China, and I I didn't go because the lifestyle that I had in Melbourne was something I was wishing for you know so i ha i have i have mentality to to live uh the best you can you know i don't think about tomorrow i live good obviously you you think about tomorrow or the day after now especially with kids but try to have like the best day today and then see what happened tomorrow you know it's uh it's something i i took from from football you know when you go to training you go and leave everything there, you know, because tomorrow is another day. So that's something I, I always made my decision. When I went to, to, to Melbourne, I had one year and a half more contact with the club here. And I made, I, I, I asked them to leave. So the club bought for me from another club. And they say, look, we paid you. We paid the club for you. I said, look, I'm not happy anymore. I want to I wanna go somewhere else. And the president was pretty unhappy with me, but at the end, I, I made the best decision that I that I could. Yeah, and I, I think that's um, re rejecting that move to China is something that probably uh, most people think that not many players do. So it's uh, good to hear that you're kind of uh, living in the moment, like you said, and uh, living your best life and kind of doing things for the enjoyment. Uh, so it's pretty kind of inspirational, motivational for listeners to take on board. Yeah, look, the money, the money, 
the money perspective also when I moved to Australia was wasn't wasn't the way I, I want to. I was in Brazil like uh, I, I, I normally I don't don't like to talk about money, but uh, like for you understand my my decision like. I had one and a half year more contract in Brazil, and then I got offer from from Australia. The salary was lower than here, and uh, I decided to move. You know, so so that was that was decision that I that I used to make to 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 have a, a better life at the moment. You know. Yeah, um, that, that's. Well, I think I we probably count ourselves lucky, uh, the Melbourne Victory fans, that you came here and took the lower salary to become a legend uh, for Melbourne Victory. But uh, before we wrap up, there's something that we always do at the end of the show. Usually my co-host, Lockie, will participate in this as well, but it's just us two. I'm going to give you a little quiz. We're going to test your memory uh, of Melbourne Victory. <laughs> so I've got five questions for you. Uh, okay. I think it sounded before like you kind of uh, keep tabs on the A-League. You sound like I – re- I reckon you might get a few of these. So I'll start with question one, the first question out of five. So uh, in the 2014-15 grand final, of course, Melbourne Victory won 3-0, like we spoke about before, against Sydney. Who were the three goal scorers for Melbourne Victory? Berisha, Costa, and Broxon. Spot on. Too easy, that one. Start off with an easy one. We'll go to question two. So, uh, at the moment, it's April 4th, 2021. Who has played the most Melbourne Victory games and how many have they played? Ah, I think Broxon. Broxon's right. How, how many do you reckon Lee has played for the Victory? Uh, to be honest, I have no idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try here. Maybe three hundred and something. Pretty close. Three hundred forty-five. There you oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Wasn't, well done. Wasn't that far? Yeah. I I knew he was he was the top, but uh, I couldn't remember the, the name, the numbers. Yeah, well, I don't think many people would, so you've done pretty well there. Question three. Uh, bit of Melbourne Victory history here. Uh, so, of course, Melbourne Victory have won four championships, four grand finals. What years, uh, in what years did those grand final wins come? Oh, no. Well, 14-15. <laughs> yep, of course. <laughs> uh... 17, 18. Yeah, that's two. Eight, nine. Eight, nine, correct as well. And there's one more. Four, four five. Four, five. I don't think the A-League existed then. It was 2006, <laughs> 2007. But three out of four, that's pretty good. Okay. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a point for that. So you okay. won three points. Three points. You're killing it. Got all of them right so far. Uh, three points out of three. So moving to question four. Uh, as I said before, uh, as of April the 4th, uh, 2021, where are Melbourne Victory and your other former A-League team, the Wellington Phoenix, placed on the ladder right now? Oh, victory is pretty easy, to be honest. The bottom of the table. Yeah, no good. And Wellington. Wellington is... <laughs> Six. Wellington's a bit lower than that, actually. Wellington's 10th. 
10th, 10th. Not not doing too well either, the Phoenix. They're seven points off sixth place, so still a chance. But victory, probably not. I think we can count ourselves out of finals contention. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Uh, move on to question five. So this is one a bit off victory, but we'll just test your kind of memory of Melbourne culture. We spoke a bit about AFL <laughs> before. You were at Melbourne Victory between 2012 and 2016. Can you name one of the teams who won the premiership, the grand final in the AFL in those years? Awesome. Hawthorne. Spot on. Very nice. Well done. That's good from you, Gay. And the other two is <laughs> Sydney and the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney, I'll, I'll say Sydney also. Western Sydney. Bulldogs, I didn't remember it. Yeah, there you go. Did, did you have an AFL team that you kind of supported a little bit? When yeah, you we, we actually did a, a, a promo with Hotton. Uh, ah. that, yeah, that's why I remember I got a top from them. So uh, they were they were in pretty good form. So that's why I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they won three in a row uh, yeah. in that time. Uh, but that's it for the quiz. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one because we haven't got Lockie. Usually, I'll put the guest up against Lockie. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll let that go. But move mm-hmm. on to our last thing. Uh, we spoke about. Uh, before the show about the chosen charity. This is the thing that we have with every guest. Uh, we get a guest to nominate a yeah. charity uh, and encourage listeners to donate, kind of raise any funds uh, we can yeah. just to yeah. help out. So what's yeah. your charity, Gay? Yeah, look, I think that one, uh, we, we, we we spoke about it, you know, like uh, it's Easter time for the the, the, the appeal of, uh, can you can you help me with that, the, the name? Oh, Good Friday Appeal. Good Friday appeal, yeah, yeah. So we, I think it's time for that. You know, everyone could help. It's, uh, it's, it. Any help, it's very welcome for 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 those kids. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, check them out. Good Friday appeal, as we said. Uh, I'll talk a bit about uh, how to donate to them uh, in the outro of the show just after this. But I think that just about wraps us up, Gabe. We've uh, gotten about oh, a bit more than an hour out of you. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's been a delight having you on the show today. Thanks very much. No, thank you for, for, for doing, for doing this also, you know, just like I said, it's always a pleasure to talk about football, my time in Australia, Victor especially. And uh, hopefully one day I'll, I'll be back in Melbourne and now we, we're gonna, we can do this interview in Edemi Park. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart, Guy. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure, really, a delight even having you on the show. Couldn't have asked for anything better, but I'm sitting here on this Thursday night after Essendon have just lost to Sydney in a close one in Sydney again. I could be saying this at any time, really. Who knows what I'm saying? It could be 2019, could be 2017, could be 2015, 1996 even. It's a bit of a recurring nightmare for us Bomber fans, it's not great. But I probably should stop feeling sorry for myself. I won't let the tears kind of distort my outro performance. So I've got to tell you about our traditional outro thing, the charity of the week. Of course, you heard what charity Gee nominated. Of course, the Good Friday Appeal. So uh, we recorded this on Easter Sunday, actually, and uh, he was speaking to me about what charity he should nominate. He asked me because he's obviously he's been living in Brazil for the last four years, most of his life. So 
doesn't know too many of the Australian charities. He wanted something that helped out kids and uh, was Australian. And Easter time and uh, Melbourne-based charity, of course, he's got deep connections to Melbourne. I couldn't have thought of anything better, I don't think, than the Good Friday Appeal. So that's what Guy's chosen to nominate. And I'll tell you a little bit about the Good Friday Appeal. You probably know a lot about them already. They're a kind of famous old charity. They've raised a lot of money for the best possible care for patients at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, $381 million, in fact, according to my sources, since 1931, and they help all kinds of things. Uh, your donations, so the research and technology equipment and kind of like patient family-centered care programs, even this training the staff, which is something that's pretty underrated and costs quite a bit of money. That it helps out with that too. And you can check out the Good Friday Appeal at goodfridayappeal.com.au. Even though they've raised $381 million in the last 90 years, every dollar you donate counts. So I would really appreciate if you could donate. Guy would really appreciate if you could donate. The Good Friday Appeal would really appreciate if you could donate. And all the people that helps would really appreciate if you could donate to the Good Friday Appeal at goodfridayappeal.com.au. There's a big purple button in the top right. I'm looking at it right now saying donate. So please, whether it's five cents, five dollars, five hundred dollars, please donate all you can. I know if it's, it's a tough time financially for lots of people, but it really would mean the world. And that just about wraps us up. Uh, not much else to say, really, other than, of course, give us a shout out to all your mates. That would be really appreciated if you liked the show, which I trust that you did if you're still listening now for all my waffle. And of course, give us a five-star review where you can. Give us a big shout out uh, and give us feedback uh, on all our socials at WDWBPod. It's WDWBPod on Instagram, Twitter, and where do we begin on Facebook? I think I'll leave it there. We've got another big guest next week. It's another football or soccer player again. Uh, maybe even better than this week. I don't know. It's pretty close, but right up there with our best guests. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having you guys listen. Next week will be really good. Next Monday, I'll see you then. Thanks very much for listening.